<laughs> Season one, let's do it. Hey, beautiful humans, you're listening to the Human Experience Podcast, hosted by me, Kiara Marie. I'm a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I'm here to share my human experience, as well as have these raw and powerful conversations with leaders in the health and wellness space. The Human Experience Podcast began because I truly believe our souls are here to experience a wide range of emotions, make mistakes, own our past traumas that led us to make them, and face our deepest fears in order to grow. The Human Experience is a conversation about self-development, conscious awareness, normal human responses, and connecting mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. The Human Experience promises to deliver authenticity and diversity. The Human Experience community is a group of humans doing the work so they can live their lives to their fullest potential and are here to break intergenerational family patterns so that generations to come can too. At The Human Experience, we're diving deep. Thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's your host, Kiara of the Human Experience Podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here. I am so excited, you guys. This topic of today's episode just lights me up so much Um, on trauma. I wanted to tell you guys a little bit more about today's very special guest, Sarah Lally, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist a functional nutritional therapy practitioner student, and a registered yoga teacher. Um, like I said, I'm so into the trauma work, mainly because I had done all the diets. I have worked up and down like through every single food. I, You name it, like I've done it. And I've done all the other modalities. I've gone to the extremes. I've also given up and I've done all the workouts, colonics, enemas, energy healers, myofascial release, um, every supplement under the sun. Like I've done it. And it was not able to stop these reoccurring symptoms, the reoccurring candida the hormonal issues, the hormonal acne, the terrible digestive issues, the dandruff, the dry mouth, the TMJ, like all of it, you guys. It wasn't until I started to dive deep into the trauma work that I was able to actually experience real relief. And not only physically, but in my mind too. Like, it's just so profound. So Sarah specializes in EMDR therapy with her clients. Um, This form of therapy stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Um, This is especially great for those who've experienced trauma, which, yellow, all of us have. Sorry to break it to you, my friends. Um, beautiful humans, because we see trauma as these big scale traumas, like these big T traumas, right? Like car accidents, sexual abuse, rape, all of those things. And while those are very, very powerful traumas, there are also small T traumas that a lot of us have experienced. Um, And they usually stem from childhood. So Sarah and I, do dive deep there um, and how these patterns, the way you saw your parents, the, the, the relationship that they modeled for you there, how that carried for you in relationships, the relationship you had with your father, the relationship you had with your mother, um, the environment that you were in, um, financial trauma. Like this is all real stuff and it's not to be put at a level where you can say my trauma is bigger than yours because it's however that one person perceives it. So um, Sarah talks about coping techniques such as EFT. Um, She shares her personal health journey and how these forms of therapy 
have been there to help her heal. And she actually like breaks down trauma and what it actually is. Um, we also go over what EMDR actually looks like in a session. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen and I'm really excited to hear some feedback from y'all. Um, you can find Sarah at evolvewellnesstherapy.com. Her Instagram handle is evolvewellnesstherapy. Um, if you live in California, reach out to Sarah. She'll be able to help you with you and your needs and soon to be nutrition as well because she's a student. She and I are both functional nutritional therapy practitioners. Um, she's going to wrap up and she'll be able to help um, others with their nutrition needs as well. We also drop some Enneagram bombs and Enneagram is something that I just recently got into like within the past few months or so, past year, I don't really know anymore, but I'm an Enneagram too. And for the life of me, I cannot remember Sarah's Enneagram. Sarah, don't hate me. Um, we recorded this episode a little bit ago, but I think she's a six. Anywho, if you're wondering what the hell an Enneagram is, be sure to click the link in the show notes so you can find out what your Enneagram is and more about it. So I will stop talking now and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Do you want to be in optimal health by having better digestion, glowing skin, better sleep, and more energy? That's where I come in. I help women heal so they can own their bodies by having better digestion cycles and moods. My customized programs are for you if you have thyroid issues, gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, acne, or other chronic conditions, and if you're committed to making the food and lifestyle changes needed in order to reach your goals. If this sounds like you, shoot me an email to schedule your free discovery call at kiaramariewellness at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right, everyone. So today on the podcast, I am so, so excited about um, my friend, Sarah, who is a licensed uh, family and marriage therapist. Is that how you say it? LMFF. Oh, licensed marriage and family. Yeah. Uh, okay, I confused the two. Licensed marriage, <laughs> therapist. Yeah, and a registered yoga teacher, and she's becoming an NTP, which is so so awesome. So I want to like just quickly talk about that. So you weren't you a client of Eleni's? Or yes, I was. Were? Okay, so did that kind of inspire you of um, into becoming an NTP? Oh, totally. I didn't even know what an NTP was until I found <laughs> Eleni's Instagram. Yeah. I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, she was actually the one who reached out to me years ago because I had interviewed her for my blog. Um, oh, my God. My blog, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, <laughs> it was just because I couldn't do a podcast. I was like, I don't know how to do a podcast. So we just like shared yeah. the interview like on my blog. And she was just... I, I thank God for her because she mm-hmm. was going through her own health journey that she was sharing on Instagram. I was like, Oh my God, like, I think this is me too. And like, I don't know what's going on. And she like kind of guided me and then she was becoming an FNTP. And then I was like, I got to do this because I seem so, became so passionate about it. And I'm assuming that's kind of like a similar story to yours. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Yeah, totally. That is, I don't even, I think I came across her Instagram because she knew somebody that I went to high school with. Oh, no way. And yeah, I just randomly found it. And I had, of course, the story that so many people that work with NTPs have, like I had went to so many doctors and all my lab tests kept coming back normal, but I felt awful all the time. And then when I found her Instagram, I would read her captions and like her, um, just everything she would post about. And I'm like, this woman is literally speaking to my soul. Like this is exactly <laughs> everything that I'm going through. I've never found anybody else that understands like every single symptom that I'm having. And I saw the results that she was getting with other women. I was okay. like, I have to try it. There's yes. no way I can't. Yes, exactly. Like you said, so many other women and I feel like some men too, that might just mm-hmm. not be too vocal about it, have endured a certain health struggles and can't get to the bottom of it because every, every single time they go to the doctor's office, 
everything comes back normal. And I remember getting that, like, you are so healthy, Kiara. Like, what, what do you mean? Like you're experiencing these symptoms. Like, can you explain them a little bit more in depth for me? I just never felt validated. I never felt heard because they were, you know, and you can't blame them. I mean, they were only trained to do a certain extent of work, but this is why, you know, FNTPs and functional, other functional medicine practitioners exist um, for those chronic illnesses that we mm-hmm. are seeing more and more these days that don't really have an explanation, but they, um, we end up finding out that they do have an explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's so exactly. many things that contribute to that chronic illness. Um, so talk to me about, you know, what issues you were experiencing when you first, mm-hmm. um, came across the Lenny's page. Yeah. Oh my God. Like thinking back. So I started working with Eleni in um, 2018. I found, I came across her page in like the summer of 2018 and I had kind of like reached my breaking point. Like my, I feel like my symptoms for everything that I was experiencing really started coming up and flaring up in like 2017. Mm -hmm. Um, And then 2018, it got to the point where like I spent all of 2017 trying to get help And, um, it all started with like pain. Like I started having all this chronic pain in my body in 2017. And I thought I had like injured my shoulder and cause I was taking a yoga teacher training and, um, I was doing intensive, like four or five hours of yoga a day. So I thought like, oh, I probably just injured myself. But then like a month went by and the pain was just getting worse despite like me backing off completely off of like all physical activity. And so I was so confused. And then the pain started to appear in other parts of my body. I started getting pain in my wrist. I started getting pain in my knee. I started getting headaches a lot. Um, I had had ongoing hormonal issues for years because I was on the birth control pill for eight years. And then I got off of that and I didn't get a period naturally for like two and a half years. So I knew that I had a bunch of hormonal things going on. Um, I've struggled with digestive issues for pretty much my entire life, but so it's like, I had had these issues going on, but they really didn't like all come to the surface until I had this like undeniable pain in my body that I was like, okay, something is wrong. Like my digestion's messed up. My hormones are clearly messed up. Um, I'm in pain all the time. I was exhausted all the time. Like despite Mm. how much sleep I would get, I always felt so tired. Like I needed so much coffee to keep me going. I had crazy, crazy mood swings. Like, Oh my God, bless my fiance. I don't know how, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how he dealt with me at that time. Cause I look back to that time and that was just, I was not myself. Like there were just so many things going on. And so, um, Yeah, I think that that was, I feel like I'm sure I'm forgetting some other symptoms, but that was like the gist of it. Mm -hmm. And then um, we moved to San Diego in 2018. And oh, I also had, I had all the symptoms for like hypothyroidism. Like I was Mm -hmm. cold all the time. Yeah. Um, You know, the irregular periods, like all the, all the things basically that you would have, but all of my tests kept coming back normal. And so, um, my fiance's mom recommended, she's like, oh, well, you should get like in-depth like testing for your thyroid. I had never even heard of that. I figured like, oh, my doctors are probably doing everything that they need to do, but that wasn't true. Um, And so after going to healer after healer, like I went to an acupuncturist and it definitely helped my issues, but it didn't fix anything like per se. It just kind of mediated things. And same with the chiropractor, like everything was helping but it wasn't until I found Alini and started really working with her that things started to heal completely and not just be kind of like temporarily fixed, if that makes sense. Yeah. So how long ago was that when you started working with her? That was October of 2018. So like a year and a half ago. And then how long did it take for you to start like seeing some relief? Oh my gosh. I, within like, a couple weeks, my digestion was already better than it had probably ever been in my life. Wow. And like within, I got my period within two months after not having it for like two and a half years. And, um, my, like my pain and my headaches dramatically decreased, I would say within like a couple months. And yeah, it really did not take long at all. It was like a few months of me just totally switching up my diet and my lifestyle and my stress and all that. And everything started to shift really quickly. 
That is amazing. And I'm sure so many women can relate to those symptoms because Mm -hmm. they're so common and I think they have been normalized just because of, I mean, for so many reasons, like, oh, you have, and I don't, I don't know if this was one of your symptoms, but PMS, for example. Oh yeah. Like that's so (laughs) normal. My gosh. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, it's that time of the month, like PMS, mood swings all over the place and you're cramping and you have hormonal acne and just all the things that everything's spiraling. And it's just like this, our periods have been viewed as this like monstrous thing where like they should just come beautifully and we should honor them and they shouldn't be this, this crazy thing that we don't look forward to each month. Uh So when you came off birth control, was it, um, you did it by yourself? Like, was it cold Turkey or did you like kind of wean off of it? Or like, what was your process there? Um, I'm trying to think back. Cause that was in 2016. I had just started seeing an acupuncturist for the first time. Ooh. Yeah. And they were the ones that recommended it. Actually. I had never even thought to get off birth control. Cause and I what got kind of birth control were you on? I was on, I think it was called Yaz. Okay, I feel like, did you hear about like that a- one? Is that a, I feel like I've heard of it. Is that a pill or yes. is that, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah. So like the audience knows like, cause I know there, I personally have only been on birth control once and that was just for a month and then it just blew everything out of the water. So I completely mm-hmm. stopped just intuitively. Like I knew this was not right for my body, mm-hmm. but I don't know too much about the types of birth control, but I, I just want the audience for who knows more about it. Um, mm-hmm can understand. Okay. So yeah, was like a pill. Okay. Go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got put on that when I was 16 and, um, I mean, I, I was already having irregular periods. Like I didn't start my period till I was like 15. So I thought like, Oh, birth control. That'll just, I mean, all the doctors say it just regulates your period and you're good. But we all know at this point, all the FNTPs at least that it doesn't regulate Mm -hmm. your period. It just gives Mm -hmm. you a, a breakthrough bleed. You know, it's not actually a real period. Yeah, um, but of course I had no idea, and nobody ever educated me on that. So I just figured, like, I'll just take this. I get my period every month now, and I mean, to be honest, I'm sure it affected my mood, and I'm sure it affected so many other things in my body. But because I had been on it for so long, I didn't even know anymore, and I was put on it when I was so young, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so it got to the point that. It, I was only ever on one brand. I never, I know a lot of women that have taken like so many different kinds because they weren't working yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I never had to do that. I just st- stayed on the one. But it got to the point where like something clicked. I don't know if my body started like rejecting it or what was happening, but it was no longer um, regulating my period. It was making it so that I was just having breakthrough bleeding like all the time. So mm-hmm. I was telling my brand new acupuncturist, they, I went in, I originally went into them for wrist pain because I used to be a server. And so I was like, oh, I have all this wrist pain. I didn't realize that acupuncture could do like that. It was so functional and that it could work on every aspect of your body. Cause I had never gone before. Um, and this is really what like sparked my interest in holistic healing and just understanding that you can get to the root cause of things rather than just taking a pill to cover it up. Yes. Um, and so when I went in and I told them I had all this wrist pain, they did this like full on assessment on me and they asked me so many questions. I told them I was on birth control and they immediately were like, okay, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to get you off birth control because this, this, and this, they gave me all these reasons. And I, I was like, what? <laughs> like, I had no idea. Like every woman, this was three years ago, four years ago, everybody was on the pill. Everybody was taking birth control. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. the last few years we've all really started to learn about the negative effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, th- I'm pretty sure I just, I finished my pack for that month and then I was just off and that oh, was it. Okay. But okay. I had the help from the acupuncturist. They were like helping to regulate my body and like helping with any weird withdrawal symptoms I was having. Good, good. I was going to say mm-hmm. a lot of women are afraid to just stop cold turkey because of all the, the withdrawal symptoms that can take place mm-hmm. afterwards and almost making you think like, oh my gosh, maybe I should get back on it because of all mm-hmm. these symptoms that I'm having now. Yeah. Um, so it's always, always, always good to work with a practitioner um, who, who has worked with, you know, taking women off birth control and knows what to expect and can guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. okay. So that kind of like sparked everything for you and then Mm -hmm. were you a licensed um, marriage and family therapist before that or did that kind of start everything there yeah I was in school for it so I was already working towards it yeah 
Nice. And then mm-hmm. when did the, the yoga teacher um, come about? Yeah. So it was kind of like this cascade. So I started school to become a therapist in 2015. And then I got off the pill and saw my um, acupuncturist in 2016. And then that sparked everything. And then at the beginning of 2017, so I had actually been in addition to the birth control pill, I had also been taking antidepressants for 10 years, kind of a similar story. I got put on them when I was 14. And then no, like nothing about side effects really were shared with Mm -hmm. like physical side effects by the doctors. Mm -hmm. And nobody really followed up on it. Like my doctor didn't really ever ask me like, Oh, how's it going? Like, do you feel like you want to get off of it? Like, I feel like I was put on it. And then it was like forgotten about. And so I kind of never really thought twice about it because same with the birth control pill. It was just this thing I was taking every day. And so um, the acupuncturist also really inspired me to get off of that because they kind of explained to me all the side effects that can come with long-term use of those as well. So 2017, I got off of all medications and um, dove right into my yoga teacher training at the same time. So I kind of had that really, really mm-hmm. safe, comforting environment to support mm-hmm. me while I was going through all those changes. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I spent that whole year just really getting used to my new reality because I had spent 10 years medicated and it is a very different life, you know, growing up, like, having this kind of pill as like a crutch in a way, which mm-hmm. it was very helpful for me, but I, I realized it was time for me to move on and I didn't need it anymore. Um, and so just adjusting to my reality. And then I think honestly, that that is one of the reasons why I started having all of the symptoms that I was having, like all of the pain yeah. and everything yeah. got so unbearable because I no longer was kind of like numbed in a way. Yeah. Um, and I was feeling everything so intensely that I hadn't been feeling for so many years and with learning how to deal with like stress and anxiety and all that stuff without the, um, without the medication, that was just like a whole nother ball game. So that's when everything else started. So yeah, it was kind of just this cascade of events. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask if that, if the antidepressants were helping you and like, um, whatever you were, um, combating against on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like they were, they were helping mm-hmm. for, for the time being. And then you kind of like said that they were almost masking the symptoms that were really just kind of underlying and, and waiting to kind of come through. And then mm-hmm. once you actually, you know, got off of the, the antidepressants, everything kind of just happened. Mm-hmm. And um, so can we ask like, why you were on the antidepressants at such a young age at 14? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, well, I, I have had anxiety for as long as I can possibly remember. Like I remember when I was like five having just intense panic attacks. And having like thinking I was dying because panic attacks are so scary. And then being like five years old and knowing nothing about psychology or anxiety or anything. So um, I've always just had anxiety since I was young. I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram at all. Um, Yes. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I love it. I'm a six. You are. Okay. I don't know too much about sixes. Tell us. Okay. So sixes are skeptics. Sixes are fear-based. <laughs> sixes are, it makes sense why I've been anxious my entire life. Sixes naturally go to worst case scenario, um, preparation. Like the sixes are the people that you need in the world because if you were in a situation where there was like somebody with a gun or like a bomb threat or something, the sixes would already have you out the door because they would have realized <laughs> it before anyone else would have even noticed something was wrong. Wow. Um, yeah. So that's kind of, and I'm a, you can be either a phobic or a counterphobic six. So I'm counterphobic, mm. which means that I fight my fears rather than run away from them. Mm. Um, so I think that that is part of the reason why I've always kind of been that way. I'm just a natural skeptic. Um, so yeah, I had that when I was really young and then, um, I went through some really big family changes when I was 12. Um, my mom moved to a different state and I moved in with my dad. And um, 
that was just really difficult for me because my mom was like my best friend. And so going through that time and I had to like switch schools and I had to kind of start over and that's already a really awkward, like uncomfortable time for kids when they're that age, you know? Um, So going through all of that, I experienced just like a ton of anxiety and depression. And I knew other people in my life that were taking medication and they said it was working well for them. So I was actually the one that requested the medication because I didn't know really what else to do. I had gone to therapy and it was helpful. Um, But I just, I don't know. I, when you're that age, it's like, you're just looking for a quick fix, you know, you're just Mm -hmm. looking to feel better. better. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I was the one that actually asked my parents to have a doctor evaluate me. And it wasn't even a psychiatrist. It was just my primary care physician, which is Mm -hmm. pretty much the norm these days. Um, Mm -hmm. And so they put me on it and I have like no regrets. Honestly, it helped me so much throughout my life. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that like, that medication, because I was just on the same medication for the whole time. Like, again, same with the birth control. I was lucky that I didn't have to um, experiment mm-hmm. with all these different medications. But mm-hmm. I truly think that it made it so that I was able to get to where I am today and, like, get through yeah. high school with flying colors, get through college with flying colors, do my graduate degree right after. Like, it really helped me be super functional. And then mm-hmm. by the time that I got off, I was really lucky to have the education and psychology that I had and I had the acupuncturist and my yoga teacher and my chiropractor and a therapist. Like I had so much support by the time that I got off um, and so mm. many coping skills that I knew that it was time. And I think that medication has a very big purpose for many people. I think some people yeah. may like just feel their best on it for their whole lives, you know? And I think that that, if that's their story, I think that's okay. You know, it was created for a purpose. Um, But I also do think that some people are put on it without much monitoring, kind of like I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And I Mm -hmm. think that if you are on medication, it would be helpful to have a consistent psychiatrist monitoring you to make sure that it's the right thing, you know, and that you're not just on it for years and years. Yes. I love that. I love the way you phrase that. I was just going to say that I think medication definitely has a time and a place. And like you said, if that's meant for you for the rest of your life and that helps you like truly serves you and you're on it for a reason and not just, just on it blindly, mm-hmm. then I think that's okay. And that's it's very validating for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on medication myself. So when my whole, like, I mean, very similar to yours, I had a lot of digestive issues. I think that's where it all started. Mm -hmm. And then like slowly, but surely, like, I was like, oh my God, these hormonal issues and just all these things that I didn't realize were, were, were actual things that could happen to my body. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was put on, well, I was diagnosed with IBS by my GI doctor. And so they put me on like an antidepressant as well to keep like the bowels like moving or like to have like the, the colon stop spazzing or something like that. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And I, I it, it served a purpose. And I was like, wow, I feel so much better. Like I was able to go on vacation and um, do like the normal things one would do on vacation and like be outside mm-hmm. um, because without them, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. And mm-hmm. I probably would have wanted to stay inside all day and not do anything. And, but it was, it was very, very helpful. But then I noticed symptoms like um, I almost took that. I, I had to take some before bed and I know oh, I noticed, I was like, I knock out right away, but I also felt super, drowsy the next morning and it was I don't know I just intuitively knew like something's not right here Mm -hmm. so I just got off of a cold turkey and that's that that was kind of the catalyst of me diving deeper and figuring out like okay my body's supposed to function normally like I see all these other people like functioning normally optimally and um or so I thought and here's my body like I felt like it was failing me and I was like something's wrong so I gotta get to the bottom of it and then I came across um Eleni's page and then her going pretty much paleo and then you know I decided to try that and that helped so much Mm -hmm. and that kind of sparked just like it did for you just 
everything for me. And that's when I decided to become an FNTP. And for those who don't know, we're throwing like all these letters out there. (laughs) So an FNTP is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. We view the body as a whole. Um, The bodily processes go from North to South. It, um, it's a very functional approach, as it says in the name. Um, we don't just throw things at symptoms. We get to the root cause of everything and help the body start functioning optimally. And I know Eleni started going to um, – she she's lab certified now as a restorative wellness uh, mm-hmm. practitioner. I don't know, like, the exact name. But yeah. for me, I'm doing pretty much the same thing, but just a different um, route. I'm doing um, a functional diagnostic uh, what is it? Oh my God. FDNP, functional nutrition, diagnostic practitioner. So now we can dive even deeper. And like, um, Sarah was saying and getting like a full panel of like a true look at the thyroid rather than just, I think normal, um, PCPs just test for like TSH TSH (laughs) and, that's pretty much it. Maybe yeah. you'll get lucky in like the, the T3 and T4. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are like so many other markers that need to be looked at to really get a full idea. And you can always like request um, certain things. I don't know if that's covered by your insurance or certain things, but it's, it's, it's the ranges that really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with PCPs, they look at the the population as a whole. And most of the population isn't truly healthy, um, at least in the United States, or mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. And then, uh, functional lab ranges are for your body to function optimally. So the ranges are going to be a little tighter, tighter margins. Um, so I, that's why I really love the idea of functional lab tests to get the real picture of what is going on mm-hmm. inside your body. And then when I got that confirmation, like, Oh my God, was it so validating? Because I mean, I don't know if you got this too, but I got so much um, just being invalidated by family, friends, doctors that, you know, you're healthy and, you know, stop overthinking it. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. Oh my Everything's gosh. Fine. Like, I was like, no, something <laughs> is not right. And I wish you could like just switch bodies with me for a day and just feel like how uncomfortable I feel on a, on a regular basis. Totally. And then you um, start wondering like, am I making this up in my head? Like, does everyone yeah, like, feel the way that exactly. I feel? <laughs> yeah. You start second guessing yourself mm-hmm. and so was there, you said the anxiety with you started um, like at the young age of five, mm-hmm. was there, I mean, I don't know, or do you think that there was any particular trauma that took place that may have like ignited that? Or do you think that that's just how you were? Yeah. Like when I was super young. Um, yeah. Well, cause I mean, I definitely, we've all gone through trauma, like at some point in our lives. Right. But yeah, I honestly, I mean, I, I don't remember if there was, and I've asked my parents and I believe both of them when they say like, no, like there wasn't any big event when I was super young that I experienced that could have like set it off. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's honestly just like part of just who I am. You know, I think that that's kind of what started it when I was younger, but then I'm sure like different traumas throughout my life like you know of course that will make the anxiety grow um mm-hmm. but yeah it it is bizarre because I've thought about that I've I've talked to my therapist about it many times and I've tried to get to the bottom of it you know and I've gotten like Reiki done and I had my Reiki practitioner ask me the same thing she said I didn't even tell her when my anxiety started she said did something have uh, happen to you when you were like four like a trauma. And I was like, I don't think so, you know? So, (laughs) oh my God, that is so strange. I know. As far as I know, no, nothing that I remember and nothing that I've been told about. Okay. So now in your practice, you use EMDR, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay. So EMDR stands for eye movement, desuscitation and reprocessing. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let's tell the audience what that means because yeah. I know once you hear it, you're like, what? <laughs> My eyes and reprocessing? What? <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, people are a little bit um, confused for sure. And some people are kind of like intimidated when they hear that because they think like yes. hypnotizing or like yeah. being out of control, <laughs> like stuff like that. But it's it's not like that. 
Um, so basically EMDR, it is, it's been extensively researched and proven effective for the treatment of trauma. It can be incredibly helpful for anxiety. It can be helpful for, um, it can be helpful for very large scale traumas, like everything from, you know, a sexual assault or a near death experience, like things that or being in like war combat, like things that you think of naturally mm -hmm. when you hear the word trauma, but it can also mm -hmm. be incredibly um, helpful for smaller scale traumas, which everybody in their lifetime has experienced at mm -hmm. one point or another. So yes. if there's something that has happened to you, like to use an example, let's say that when you were a kid, you were continuously like reprimanded by your parents. And so you felt like you could never really be yourself and you felt like you were always walking on eggshells. And yeah. that would be considered probably a smaller scale trauma because that's pretty common, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, yeah. But if you never work through that, and if that's something that never fully processed for you, then that's going to continue to manifest in your current present everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. So basically with EMDR, it's things happen to us all day, every day, and we take it in through our five senses. And sometimes when things happen, when it's considered a trauma, whether it's a big trauma or a smaller trauma, um, I consider trauma to be just anything that is deeply disturbing to you. So mm -hmm. it, like I said, it doesn't have to be this huge thing that you hear about. It can be smaller. So when something deeply disturbing happens to you, sometimes those memories and those traumas don't fully process in our brain because our body mm -hmm. has gone into this panic fight or flight state. And so mm -hmm. those memories get kind of stuck in your brain and then they don't fully process. Um, so you can think that you've worked through something and maybe you've worked through it in talk therapy or maybe time has passed. And so you think that you've kind of gotten over it and then something can happen in the present that it doesn't even have to be the same situation. It can just remind you of the original trauma. And if your brain ever processed that original trauma and that memory stuck, then it's going to bring up all those same feelings for you and those same physical sensations that you originally experienced when you experienced the trauma. So yeah. with EMDR, what it does is it basically, um, there's a standard protocol that the therapist goes through and walks you through. It's very... Um, like systematic and there's like a very specific way to do it. So you need to make sure that the person you're doing it with is trained well. Um, and what they do is they walk you through this process and they use, it's called bilateral stimulation. So it's base, basically um, eye movements to facilitate bilateral stimulation. So your opposite sides of the brain are kind of working together to process those events that were previously stuck. And then what happens is once those events are fully processed, then you can now think about the past traumatic events, or you can have another similar event happen to you. And it's no longer going to bring up those past feelings of trauma that it once did. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. Mm -hmm. And I love how you can use this tool in addition to other things that you might be doing. So mm -hmm. with my case, I had done talk therapy. I had done like things just at home that I felt like were medicine to me, eating well, living well, practicing yoga, meditating, you know, things that were helping. But then I started to dry, dive into trauma work. And like you're saying, like I never experienced a big trauma um, like war combat or sexual abuse or anything like that. But my traumas were smaller scale, small C traumas and um, little things like the way my, my father spoke to me and how I, I grew up like invalidated and how those emotions just were never fully processed and how I carried that. And I didn't really know because time, like you said, time had passed. Mm -hmm. And then I had gotten into a romantic relationship with my previous partner and all of these triggers were brought up and mm -hmm. God, he was, I'm so grateful for that relationship because he was such a mirror for me. And I did not want to accept the fact that I had so many qualities of my father and why I was reacting in certain manners and walking on eggshells with other previous um, partners as well. Like it was, it was a safe place for me because that's what I had grown up mm -hmm. feeling. Totally. And 
so I think you messaged me when I had announced that I was going to see an EMDR therapist Mm -hmm. um, here on the East coast. And I had actually gone to a few sessions with her and I think um, this is quite normal for a protocol, but we first um, just did a lot of talk therapy mm-hmm. to make sure that I was prepped and pre- you know had all the coping mechanisms in my back pocket if needed once we dove into our first um, EMDR session. And then what had happened was I actually um, ended that romantic relationship with my partner and that initiated the move to Northern Virginia. And so I didn't get to really dive too deep into anything. I think we had like Mm -hmm. four or five talk therapy sessions and then we got into the first EMDR therapy session. And that was just practicing a small, small, small trauma that, and not even trauma, just like me being afraid to speak up in a meeting or something and Mm -hmm. just something so small, just so I can get accustomed to like what to expect. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way she did it was, um, I know there are a couple ways to do EMDR, but she gave me the, um, the buzzers. Oh, I love the buzzers. Yeah. She's like, I love this. They're my my favorite. favorite. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Perfect. So they were essentially these, these tappers that you hold in your hand and, I was doing it for like 20 minutes and there were like five rounds or so. Mm -hmm. And I would close my eyes and imagine myself like the feelings that were arising when I'm afraid to speak up in a meeting and, you know, I would call them out and she was writing everything out and then we'd stop and pause and, and then go at it again. And then we also envisioned myself like, okay, what it, what would look, what would it look like? What would it feel like if you were to speak out in a meeting? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then came those emotions and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I even started to, to tear up because the reason why I was so afraid to speak up in a meeting is because uh, there was that trauma with like my dad and being invalidated and, being afraid to speak up because everything I said was wrong or stupid or, you know, that it carries guys. And this is like the smallest thing it it seems like, but they matter. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm a huge fan of EMDR and what, just because I didn't get to really share like a true success story, like after I do want to get back into it once all of this is over. Yeah. Um, but what are some success stories? Like, I mean, obviously you don't have to share like the details, but mm-hmm. I, I know my therapist shared a bunch with me and how much success she's had with her, her clients and patients. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, I will share, let's see, which one do I want to share? I'm going to just share my, if you don't mind, I'll just share my personal oh, yeah. experience. Um, yes. Cause I feel like it's always so much easier to talk about myself, you know, with yeah. clients like confidentiality. I'm always like, Oh, I don't really want to share too much. Yeah, so absolutely. for me, like my first EMDR experience, I've, I've gone to the same therapist for EMDR for multiple issues to work on. But the first mm-hmm. one for me is, um, so one of my other concentrations in my practice is also eating disorders and body image. And so, um, my interest was sparked in that after recovering from my own eating disorder years ago. And so I had done so much talk therapy for that and I had broken all of the behaviors years ago. You know, I had done so much work on that, but I just couldn't shake. There were like certain things that I just couldn't like my body image was still Mm -hmm. something I was really struggling with. And, Mm -hmm. um, no matter how much talk therapy I did, like no matter what I did, that was something that just wouldn't. And I think for me, it was like past memories of like when my eating disorder first started years and years ago, I think that those were like what was stuck and what was making it so that I really just couldn't work past that discomfort. Um, so I went to work on like resolving my body image through the EMDR and, that was like, we did a few sessions and I went from, like I said, even though I was like fully recovered, I went from like not being able to look in the mirror without like cringing just because I had so many years, years ago of like that disorder and all those behaviors. And after a few EMDR sessions, it's like, I, it was as if like nothing had ever happened. Like it was as if I had never had negative body image. Like I could look in the mirror and like literally not even think twice about it like the difference is just so phenomenal. And it's like so hard to explain because with EMDR, you can 
have this distressing memory and it's causing so much like distress in the moment. But then after you do the EMDR sessions and after your brain fully processes it, you're like, wow, I can't even believe that that used to bother me so much because now it just doesn't. Like, it's just Mm. not even a thing anymore. And now it's like, I love my body. Like, it's crazy. I never thought I would say that like years ago before I had gone through this process. And now I'm like, you know, and that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about um, like intertwining the two. You know, a lot of people don't like a lot of people think that for EMDR, it's just for trauma. But it's like, no, you can use EMDR for trauma. You can use it for confidence. You can use it for body image, other types of addiction. Like there's so many different things you can use it for. Yeah. Um, My therapist had used it because she had a really bad fear of spiders. Mm -hmm. Like even something like that small, but like she was absolutely terrified and she, I mean, yeah, she's not scared of them anymore that she doesn't have Mm -hmm. such a huge reaction like she once used to. So who would be a good candidate for EMDR therapy? So, I mean, I personally, I'm a little biased just because I love it so much, (laughs) but I think that everyone could benefit from it. Um, But I think like to be a little more specific, I mean, definitely if you've experienced a bigger scale trauma um, and something Mm -hmm. that you feel like, you know, you think about it and it's, it's just really, really impacting your current life. Um, Definitely those, but also people that are experiencing just like distressing emotions that might feel like excessive given the current situation. Like maybe they can't Mm. even figure out like something triggers them really quickly and really easily that might not trigger somebody else. And maybe they can't figure out why. And maybe they've tried all of the different like current like grounding coping skills and they've tried talk therapy and they just can't figure out why they're still highly reactive in certain situations Mm. that's where Mm. I think that the EMDR can really come in handy because um the therapist will go back in time with you and they'll they'll do a timeline and they'll be like okay we are gonna get to the bottom of this we're gonna figure out the first time you ever felt the emotions that you're feeling right now and that's why you're feeling those emotions most likely it like all goes back to your childhood exactly my therapist explained it as like when you're actually in the process of EMDR, it's one foot in the present, one foot in the past. Mm-hmm. That's how she described I love it. That. So, yeah. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I love EMDR. And like you said, we've all experienced some sort of trauma or experiencing some sort of distress in our life mm-hmm. or have or, or currently. And I really, really love this tool. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just in general, how can someone start healing those traumas, whether big or small, or is it diff? Does it look differently for both? Mm -hmm. Like for the big and the small? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that personally, I think it depends on just like how much your present is being impacted by it. So if you are like, I think if you just experience like a really, really big intense trauma, I would say that you're going to need a lot more support versus somebody that maybe just had some smaller scale traumas and they're still able to like function in their everyday life. Um, Because for a lot of people, you know, if they experience like a huge trauma, they're just not functional, which is completely understandable because your body is just in this panic state all the time. So I would say for either one, like, of course, again, I'm a little bit biased, but I would say to always start with therapy, you know, Um, and I think starting with talk therapy can be really healing in itself, because a lot of people don't have, you know, somebody that they feel like they can just openly wholeheartedly share their experience and their feelings with. And it's different talking to a friend or a family member than it is talking to a therapist, you know, it's just a different experience. So I think always starting with talk therapy just so that you can actually feel fully heard and validated. Um, And then I would, of course, always say exploring EMDR therapy and finding a a therapist that's really well-skilled in that and knows what they're doing and can help you work towards that. And then in the meantime, um, just practicing self-compassion, you know, taking up tools like learning some grounding skills, um, 
like gentle movement throughout the day, like yoga, learning some meditation, journaling, like those things won't heal your trauma, but they can at least be tools that you can use in between therapy sessions. And like, while you're healing to be more compassionate to yourself. Yes. I love that. And going along with the coping techniques right before, um, we started recording, I shared, um, the video of you Mm -hmm. with, um, doing the EFT. Yeah. And I really love it. So I had done it before, but I was like, I'm not doing it right. I actually did it like a few months ago because I was experiencing a lot of stress and anxiety in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, just due to like my, my romantic relationship ending and like, or it wasn't quite over yet, but I was like, it's coming, it's coming or something's, something was just wrong. Mm -hmm. And I used it and it was so helpful. And I was just like a simple, like YouTube search, like EFT. And I, but I did it today and it was just so, so helpful. Mm -hmm. And I love the example that you use, um, with just the pandemic Mm -hmm. that's going on today and how that's arising a lot of emotions and so many people, um, So let's talk about that. EFT, what's it stand for? Yeah, totally. So it stands for emotional freedom technique. Um, Mm -hmm. And so do you want me to just kind of explain what it is a little bit? Yeah. 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 So it is a type of, um, I guess it's a type of meditation, I would say, but it's more of like an interactive meditation. Most people think of meditation just like sitting still and going inward. And um, Mm. you definitely go inward with EFT. EFT is more it's a little more vulnerable in my opinion, because you're saying things out loud and it's not like you're the one guiding it. So you have Mm -hmm. to be comfortable with saying these things. Um, So basically with EFT, it's kind of based off of Chinese medicine. So the, the idea that we have all these different meridians in our bodies, meridians are kind of like energy centers. And so EFT have you tap on all of the different meridians at different times in a way to help out, help like balance the energy out in your body. Um, And they've done studies on it for helping with symptoms of trauma. It can help with anxiety. Um, It can help with physical pain. Um, it can, I mean, honestly, I've used EFT for so many things. I've looked up EFT for different types of like health things, like digestive issues. Like there's a ton of videos online. You can create your own scripts. Um, if you're starting out with it, I would recommend there's the book, the tapping solution. That's, um, what I read. Yeah. Yeah, That's like what I, what all started my EFT was I read that book and it talks about all the different things that you can use EFT for. And, um, I just thought it was so inspiring and it gives you all of these like detailed scripts that you can say. So it helps to walk you through it. And then once you've been doing EFT for a while, you can kind of come up with your own script. So basically you are tapping on different meridians in the body and you're saying things out loud at the same time. Um, so you talk about whatever emotions you're experiencing or whatever pain you're experiencing. You're saying that out loud as you're tapping through the meridians. You do that for a few rounds or however many rounds until you start feeling some sort of relief. And then you always want to end it by doing at least one or two positive rounds, kind of more like forward thinking, more optimism, um, kind of like what you would like to feel like rather than like the emotions that you started out with feeling. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. And the meridians, and I'll share this video again, you know, after this, um, this episode drops Mm -hmm. at the end of the month. But the meridians, there are eight. How many are there? Um, including the first one. The first one's called the karate chop. So there's nine, including all of nine. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there are nine on the side of your hand, on the top of your head, on your forehead, on the side of your face, mm-hmm. underneath your eye, under or above your lip, underneath your nose, mm-hmm. and then on your chin, underneath your collarbone, on the side of your rib. Mm-hmm. Am I missing any? No, I think you, you got the top of your head, right? Yeah, 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 top of my head. Yeah, that's all of them. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. And I think, like I said, I'll share the video so people can get a visual. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, so just repeating basically anything that you're experiencing, any emotions that you're currently having to work through and that you can't seem to shake. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally found this so helpful. And I'm going to do, do it every day. So I switch it up. Or just whenever something arises. Yeah, I switch it up. Like, I mean, I personally meditate every day, but it just depends on my mood. Like if I, I feel like if I'm 
more agitated or more distressed that I do the EFT rather than the sitting still meditation because it's more interactive. Mm -hmm. It helps me Mm -hmm. feel um, like I'm taking more control of like um, getting rid of, you know, working through the emotions. Mm -hmm. So how has that helped you? We know with stress and anxiety, Mm -hmm. has it helped you with any physical ailments that you were experiencing? Yeah, totally. Um, I started doing the EFT around the same time that I started working with the NTP and, mm-hmm. um, it helps. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, it didn't heal anything, but it helped like in the moment, like I've used it for mm-hmm. like digestive issues in the moment. I've used it for headaches in the moment, stuff like that. Um, and these days, That's awesome. yeah, these days I typically just use it for emotional stuff because all the work I've done with the NTP, like I'm very lucky that I don't really need to use it for those physical things anymore. But um, yeah, something that I love so much about it too, is that anybody can do it. Like you don't need to be like a practitioner. You don't need to go see a therapist. You like anybody can teach themselves how to do it, which is awesome. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. So, and that can be very beneficial for those. I mean, like you said, who have experienced trauma and are currently in therapy or, or not and working through things. Mm-hmm. Um cool yeah we've we've talked about a lot Mm -hmm. I know and I I want to like dive deeper into this maybe I can have you like on another episode again totally Um, but one thing we didn't cover was you being um uh, a yoga teacher Mm -hmm. a registered yoga teacher so you when did that start again it was right after uh yeah that was in 2017 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how, how have you incorporated that into like your career? Yeah. So I went into that training knowing that like, I love yoga. I've been doing yoga for like almost 10 years now, but I mm. wanted to deepen my practice and I wanted to learn a lot more. I took a, um, an alignment based training. So it was alignment based Hava yoga. So it was Definitely the sessions could get intense, but it was mostly focused on making sure your body is in all the proper um, positions so that you don't get hurt and so that you're doing everything correctly. And so I really wanted to deepen my practice and just learn more about that. And I knew at the same time, my teacher, her name's Daniela Control. She's amazing. She's like, so um, she actually moved to San Diego as well but she's so into like living from the heart and like not living your life out of fear and living your life from your intuition and um, like trusting yourself to make decisions. And as a six and the Enneagram, that's something that sixes Mm -hmm. naturally struggle with. Um, We tend Mm -hmm. to kind of like rely on authority figures to make decisions. And so I knew by taking that training that I really, really wanted to learn to trust my intuition. And it wasn't just about the yoga for me. For me, it was a lot about my spirituality. It was about tapping into like living from my heart, not living out of fear. Um, And I knew that I wasn't, that I most likely wasn't going to leave that training teaching a bunch of classes just because I was already focusing on becoming a therapist and I was doing so many other things. And, um, I knew that I was more so doing it to kind of use it in an adjunct with my therapy practice, but also use it like for my own self-transformation. So that's pretty much where I'm at. Like I'm not teaching classes right now, but I have taught, um, classes to like friends just for fun and like family members. And I still utilize everything that I learned in that yoga teacher training in my everyday life in terms of like meditation. And when I do yoga, um, and then with my therapy practice, um, I haven't done this yet. This is still on my list of to-do things, but there's specific trainings you can take about like yoga for trauma recovery. Um, so I want to take one of those at some point. And I definitely use a lot of like the meditation and the breath work techniques that I learned in my training with my clients. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. That is such an exciting career path. Yeah. And so in alignment with everything that you're passionate about due to all of the health struggles that you've had to endure mm-hmm. and, you know, made it through strongly, beautifully. Mm-hmm. And that led you to this career. And I think that's amazing. And that's kind of the same thing that's happening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we keep dropping Enneagram and yeah. I want the people to know because I don't think like everyone knows what an Enneagram is. Yeah. Um, so an Enneagram is a personality test and they're, it, they categorize them by like numbers. So one through nine. 
So like Sarah was saying, she's a six and I've learned more about sixes today. I kind of just focused on mine. And then I remember when I was with my previous partner, I like did his too, because I was like, I want to understand, you know, how we function together. So yeah, we know six is, um, a little bit more we're called like the the loyalist like we're skeptic but we're super loyal okay the loyalist and the skeptic and the two i'm a i'm an enneagram type two i'm known as caring and interpersonal Mm -hmm. generous um people pleasing and possessive (laughs) so putting people before me is just what i've done my entire Mm -hmm. life And obviously with the path that I'm on, it can be detrimental at times. And I just have to, you know, I mean, it it definitely doesn't like guide my life, but I definitely do take it into consideration when I'm, you know, taking a good look at myself. Mm -hmm. Um, We're known as like empaths and feeling for others and very compassionate and caring and concerned and warm hearted and almost too forgiving sometimes. Um, And then I have it up on my computer too. I'm looking at a six and they say that they're increasingly self-important, self-satisfied. They feel that they're indispensable. Hypochondria, becoming a martyr for others (laughs) can be overbearing, patronizing and presumption. (laughs) I know. Where's the good stuff? (laughs) I know. That's so funny. Oh, wait, wait. That's so weird. Wait, wait, wait. No, never mind. That never mind. Scratch all of that. You guys, that is, that is a that is a two at a level six. Oh, so that's a two like on an average level. When a two is at a healthy level, they're empathic. I was confused. I'm like, I've never heard all that about a six before. Yeah, I was like, wait, okay, never mind. And then at an unhealthy level, like, oh my god, yeah, okay. I have never like done this. Before. Totally I've never gone to deep. I have so, this. Um, anyone? I have a test. I'll have to Go send ahead. you. So like my fiance's mom helped create part of the Enneagram. So that's why like it rules my life. No way. Yeah. Like, well, she, yeah, she created this thing called the tri-type. So basically like she's done years and years of research. So she believes that every person is a combination of three numbers in the Enneagram, but that we all lead with one. And so she created that whole thing. So I'll have to send you her test, but yeah, I use it. My fiance and I talk in Enneagram every day. I use it with my clients. So I forget sometimes <laughs> that people don't know about it because it's such a big part of my life. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Uh, yes, please mm-hmm. do. I remember I had all my coworkers take it like a few months ago mm-hmm. and like that helps. And I remember there were three types that came up because mm-hmm. um, it, it, it like with anything, even like um, astrology, it's like everyone has like a little bit of something and in, in, in each other and I think that'd be so helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you could send that link to Absolutely. me, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So then if people are interested to learn a little bit more about themselves, mm-hmm. um, they can do totally. that. Cool. Um, okay. So just a couple questions before we wrap up here, just to allow the people to get to know you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then of course we'll share like where to find you and more about your practice and stuff. But um, first and foremost, who do you currently admire or what do you currently, do you currently admire? Yeah. Um, I am really big on like positive psychology and I'm really big on empowerment and like playing to your strengths. So um, two women that I've been like reading their books recently and I just really, really appreciate their optimism and um, they're just like, they take no bullshit. Like they're like, okay, this is hard, but you're going to get through it and you're going to get yourself up and this is how you're going to do it kind of a thing. So I would say, Mm. um, Jen Sincero, I love all of her books. Oh yeah. She's one of my favorites. I've only read one. Okay. Yeah. 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 I have her calendar on my wall right now. Uh, (laughs) I just love it because she's so empowering. She's so like, no, you know what? You're a badass. So this is what we're going to do. Um, so I love her. So that's, just to break it down for everyone it's, mm-hmm. and I'm sure so many people have seen that mm-hmm. book it's the you are a badass book and then she kind of has um I don't want to say it's like a series yeah kinda, like you're a badass at making really. money and you're a badass at this and yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay cool yeah and who else um so she's one of them and then I also really love right now Rachel Hollis she's my other kind of like oh, women empowerment yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I love her book. I listened to her audiobook me and too. for the life of me, I can't remember the name. Can you tell me which one's her most popular um, one? I listened to Girl Wash Your Face. 
Okay, yeah. yeah, that one. That one was like amazing. Oh my god, you guys need to just like take a day or two and put her audiobook on, or if you want to get the book, whatever works for mm-hmm. you. Like, oh, those books are amazing. I have, like I said, I have the You Are a Badass, and then I listened to Girl Wash Your mm-hmm. Face in like two days. It was awesome. Totally, I love that. Yeah, I love it too. Cool. All right. So what is one thing I, I'm sure it has to trickle off of mm-hmm. that you're currently living? What is one thing that you're currently living by? Yeah. Like a mantra. For me, my morning routine has been what's keeping me going because I feel like everything is so like uncertain these days. Um, so the one thing that I know is certain is like that I have control of doing that every day. So every morning when I wake up, yes. the first thing I do is I meditate typically for like five minutes and then I pull out my journal and I'll make like a gratitude list and it's just however many things I feel like putting on there it's it doesn't have to be so like um like there's no specific amount but for me that's like empowering myself and deciding choosing the mindset Mm -hmm. that like I'm gonna make today a good day I'm gonna focus on what I'm grateful for I'm not gonna focus on what I'm afraid of or what I wish was happening right now I'm more so gonna just like meditate ground myself and then focus on gratitude yeah. I love that so much. That helps me too. Mm-hmm. Like that is so similar to what I do. And I actually kind of questioned it the other day. Cause I was like, am I just on autopilot? But I was like, no, I actually really look forward to these things. They ground me. Like you said, mm-hmm. my breath work, my reading, my journaling, I do gratitude lists too. Mm-hmm. And my meditation, even like there's no rule book to this, even if it's just five minutes, even if it's just one thing that you're grateful for today, even if it's 20, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just what works for us. I know some other people might just, um, go through the day and might need to just check in with themselves. And if if that works for you too, and just seeing what you need in that moment, that's helpful as well. I I like to do a combination of both. Mm -hmm. So if I need to put down what I'm doing and rest and go do, a few rounds of breath work, then that's what I'll go and do. (laughs) Totally. Um, So I think checking in and tuning into yourself is really important. And that's how you stay present Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. Uh, Cool. Well, I'm so happy that you joined me on the show today. Me too. I love getting to know more about you. And I can't wait to chat more. Where can everyone find Sarah Lolly? Yeah. um, Well, my website is evolvewellnesstherapy.com. And then my Instagram is also evolvewellnesstherapy, just at evolvewellnesstherapy. And yeah, I mean, I, so I offer, I mean, with everything going on right now, everything's online, of course, as it is for everybody, but, um, Mm -hmm. I can do therapy. And you're based out of California, right? Yes. I'm based out of San Diego. Um, so once things go back to quote unquote normal, um, I have an office in San Diego where I can see clients in office, but I also offer online like video therapy for any, for clients located anywhere in California. Um, and then once I finish my, um, finish with the NTA and I get my FNTP nutrition, uh, once I'm done with that at the beginning of June, then I'll also be offering services and I can see people locally or online from anywhere in the country. Yeah. I love that so much. I can't wait to chat more with you. I wish I could like be one of your clients, but then I realized, I was like, yeah, that whole state thing. Totally. Oh, I know. So many um, rules. So many rules that we have to follow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, guys. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Sarah and I's conversation today. I hope you got something from it or took some notes or something. Um, and of course, if you have any feedback, we'd love to hear it. You know where to find Sarah now. And I look forward to speaking with you guys next time. So until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I do always appreciate your love via Instagram DMs and now any ratings or reviews that you have to give my podcast. I would love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Um, And of course, feel free to share with friends and family so that others can hear my voice too. Until next time.